You're listening to Faith Assembly of God Online, a recording of our weekly service. Thanks for joining with us, the place where hope and reality converge. What what does it mean if we're going to have a life that is pursuing God or a life that is positioned properly? And the description, we believe, is found in the Scriptures that, that of course, it says that that, uh, the fervent prayers of the righteous. And so we believe it's it's fervent. Someone who is fervent is positioned properly. We've said this last week, that when we position ourselves appropriately, God pours out His Spirit powerfully. When we position ourselves appropriately, God will pour out His Spirit powerfully. God will not pour out His Spirit until we have first positioned ourselves. The Bible says, some references we've made, humble yourself, or or the Bible says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, that as we position ourselves in humility, as we wait upon the Lord, as we seek God, that when we position ourselves, God will pour out His Spirit upon us, and in that process, we will live our lives effectively. The Bible, of course, uh, when, when we said what does it look like to be positioned properly it's fervent and we get that from James chapter 5 where it says this the effective fervent prayer of a righteous person avails much that the effective fervent prayer that those who are fervent in their prayer that it becomes effective in our lives and so living a life of fervency and even to identify what that is uh, to to be fervent is where we get the in the greek the word for fervent says uh, energeo which is where we get the word energy and so to have fervency is to have an energy about us that there's an energy that is productive there's something set in motion that it's producing is your prayer life productive is, the, is your pursuit of God and the prayer life that we have, is it productive in our walk with Christ? We want to live on target. How many would, would agree with me today that we want to live our lives on target with the purpose that God would have? That we would get to the point. Look at your neighbor this morning. Tell him, get to the point. <laughs> and the neighbor probably said, tell the preacher that. <laughs> Be kind. I have a bow and arrow. I don't know how to use it. That makes it even more dangerous. <laughs> have you ever had a conversation? Let me, let me just read this scripture here. In, in Isaiah chapter 49, here's what it says. He says, listen to me, all you distant lands. Pay attention, you who are far away. The Lord called me before my birth. From within the womb, he called me by name. How many know that when you add a name to it, you've given it purpose? When you find a name... Us parents that have the privilege of naming our children, we find purpose in that. We've we've named them. I remember when we named Jaron. Jaron in in Hebrew means he will sing praises. And so we named him Jaron because he wanted to sing praises. Jalen means singing bird to declare the glory of God through creation. And so we named her Jalen. And Jordan means a place of controversy. We didn't think about that one all the way (laughs) through. No, we, we named her Jordan because of, of moving from, from one aspect of where we are in Christ, but walking into the promise. And so we named her Jordan of living a life of walking into the promises of God. And, and we named our children in a purpose of saying that they would live a life of praise to God, that they would live a life of walking in the purposes and the promises that God has. Here it is. It says that the, that the Lord has called him while he was in his mother's womb. I want you to know that's not just the prophet and it's not just the Messiah. How many know he knew you while you 
were in your mother's womb. He knew your name before your parents even gave you a name. And you might even say, well, my parents just picked out a name. Well, God knew your name and whatever the parent, your parents would give you a name, he named you according to your purpose. There's a reason why Jesus is called the Messiah. He's called the Messiah because he is, his purpose is to redeem and to bring hope. He's given you and I a name. He's called us sons and daughters of God. He's called us joint heirs with Christ. He's called us a light to, to be a light into the world. He's given you and I a purpose while we were in our mother's womb. Verse 2, he made my words of judgment as sharp as a sword. What he's saying is he's caused my words to be accurate. He's called my words to be powerful. How many know your words are powerful? Words themselves are like arrows. Words themselves are powerful. He, he says he's, the Bible tells us the power of life and death is in the tongue. Be careful of every idle word because the Bible says we will stand and give an account before God. I shake at that scripture. And we'll stand and give an account because of every idle word. But here's what he, he says. He's made my words of judgment as sharp as a sword. Listen, he has hidden me in the shadow of his hand. He has hidden me in the shadow of his hand. He has hidden me in the shadow of his hand. I am like a sharp arrow in his quiver. He said to me, you are my servant Israel and you will bring me glory. You are my servant Israel and you will bring me glory. You are my servant. You belong to the Lord and you will bring him glory. Look at your neighbor right now and just tell him you will give him glory. Just encourage him right now. You will give him glory. Now some of you, he's not being a taskmaster. So husbands, if you took advantage of this to say... You will give him glory. That's not what he's saying. I don't, this isn't coming from a command. This is coming from the ability that God is saying he will make it possible for you to give him glory. You've got to remember that when you're going through stuff that doesn't feel too gloryful. I don't know if that's a word. Is that a word? That's a word. That's a word. Nobody cares. If you're going through something that doesn't feel like there's much glory to it, how many know that he works in the midst of what doesn't feel like much glory and he will produce glory? You might be going through a process and God would say to you today, you will give him glory. Don't be scared. It won't come off. I won't, won't slip. The... He will give you, he, you, he will cause your life to give glory. And the Lord speaks. Here's what he says. He says, I replied, but my work seems so useless. How many have ever felt that? My work, I feel insignificant. It feels like what I do is of no value. It feels like what I'm, what I'm about isn't accomplishing anything. It feels so useless. He says, I have spent my strength for nothing and to no purpose, yet I leave it all in the Lord's hand. I will trust God for my reward. And now the Lord speaks. If, if you like writing in your Bible and if you're okay with that, highlight that right there. And now the Lord speaks. Let me tell you why that's important. Because notice before he's had a conversation and he says what he thinks and what he feels and what's going on. And it's all kind of done with when it says, and now it's time for God to talk. How many know that you've had life moments and you've said this about, God, this isn't working in life. This isn't going anywhere. This isn't going to turn out good. This doesn't look right. And you've, you've had your, you, you feel like your strength is gone, feel insignificant. And then all of a sudden, and then the Lord speaks. How many know that what he says trumps everything you've just thought and said before that? How many have figured that out? How many are still working on figuring that out? 
How many are like me and you still sometimes have to take captive those thoughts that try to run away and come up with their own ideas? Oh, get back here. I got a bow and arrow. I don't know how to use it, but it'll hurt. <laughs> you, you get a hold of those thoughts. You've got to take captive those thoughts that lift itself against the knowledge of Jesus Christ. That we, we have this, this purpose. And here's what he says. He says, and now the Lord speaks. The one who formed me. I want you to listen. Who is he, the Lord that speaks? The one who formed me in my mother's womb to be his servant. Who commissioned me to bring Israel back to him. The Lord has honored me and my God has given me strength. He says, you will do more. I want you to hear that this morning. You will do more. What does the Lord say? The Lord says, you will do more. Some of you just need to hear that right now. Just, just say that out loud with me this morning. You will do more. One more time you will do more let me tell you why that's significant he says yes you want to bring Israel back home Israel scattered notice he starts the scripture and he says hey distant lands you people far away why is he saying that because Israel has gone through division after division after division they've, they've had sin that has separated them and now there's division people is people are scattered the Jews are scattered in places they're about ready to go into Babylon people are all over the place and he's saying all of you people it's our desire to bring you back home but here's what God says. You'll not just bring them back home. You will do more. I've come to tell you this morning that when you live your life on target, what you thought was your target, God says you'll do even more than that. What you thought was your purpose, God says I've got even more in store than that. You will do more. And notice he says this. He says you will do more. More than just restore the people of Israel to me. I will make you a light to the Gentiles and you will bring my salvation to the ends of the earth earth you will do more i want to ask you this morning how you are you living or are we living our lives on target so that god can do more more or are we just living our lives in general to just get by what is your life on target have you ever had a conversation with somebody and it felt like the conversation was going in all kinds of circles and you can't figure out what the even what the purpose or the point of this conversation is even about you ever talk to anybody like that i one time, it was a while ago, I was out on the, the street and just, just walking along, and, and I just said something basic in conversation, and, and the response that I got was, hey, you never know, do you? No, no, you don't. Well, that's what I told him. All of a sudden, this whole conversation is going on, and I have no idea what the dude's talking about. My mind is racking. I'm thinking, okay, 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 okay. Recent news, recent news. It's got to be something. Recent news. And he's going on, and he's going on, and he's saying to me, you know, and, and, and uh, you, you know what that's like. And, and, he, and then he's saying things like, you, you know, you, you got to be careful of that. And, and he always said, you know what I mean. And I'm like, no, I have no idea. <laughs> and then he starts to ask about my mom. And I said, um, I don't know how you know. He said, well, I graduated with her. What? I said, where'd you go to school? He said, here in Uniontown. I said, my mom went to Westminster High. Oh, I thought you were someone else. Woo! <laughs> I mean, because this conversation was weird. I mean, I wasn't sure where we were going. It was one of those, like, awkward pauses. I'm trying to, like, make sense of this, and you know, and all that stuff. And I'm like, somebody surely could call me right now. Sorry, I got to take this. I got I to gotta go. I, I had no idea. We're just... And then you find out, oh, no, you got the wrong dude. That's not me. I... Sometimes we can live our lives in such a way of pointless conversation. 
Sometimes our lives can wake up in the morning and just like that conversation that we're aiming at something that we realize or find out later, oh, that wasn't even the target. wasn't even what we were supposed to be shooting for. We can live our lives sometimes without purpose, without, without point, and, and, and not live in the target that God would have for us this morning. I want to ask you today just some ideas, some thoughts in your life that like pointless conversations, sometimes our lives can be pointless. They take a lot of breath and they make a lot of noise, but they, don't have a, they have very little effect. It takes a lot of breath, makes a lot of noise, but at the end of it, it has very little effect. I don't know how, how much time God's going to give me on this earth. But I have said this to God, and I don't have any fears of it. But I have said to God, God, I'd rather live short and effective than long and ineffective. God, I would rather live short and effective. What good is a long life from God if that life we live does not have purpose and is not... You see, there's always a start and an end. I don't know for you... What that for you and I, what that'll be, but I know in 1977 it all started for me and it gives the, the start year. I don't know what the end year will be, but that target that I'm aiming for is that little dash that's in the middle. That little dash that from the time I come to the time I leave, that God let me make the most and hit the target for which you've designed for my life. And if you've designed for my life to hit that target quickly, then God make me effective to hit the target quickly. Because I'm not come to tell you what I want from you. I've come to say, God, what you've given me, let every breath I breathe, let everything that I am, let all that I'm about hit the target. Now, God, I know sometimes i got stray arrows going over places. I know sometimes I'm off target. I know sometimes I'm not hitting and doing as I'm supposed to. But by your grace, I want you to cause me and help me to make the most of what it is that's in front of me. Make the most of the time that I have this this life that we have here, I want to ask you just real quickly to evaluate your life because we've got to wrap this up in five minutes. How long have you been serving Jesus? Maybe you want to just write it down, think about it. How long have you been serving Jesus? Who was the last person you shared your faith with? Who was the last person you had a conversation with and talked about your faith in Christ and your relationship. In your walk, when was the last time? Tell me about the time that you stepped out in faith and you really had to step out. You had nothing else to hold on to but just take God at His word. And you had to step out in faith and just put everything in a place of trusting and believing God. When was the last time in your walk, or in your, in your walk even, what is it now, that you're praying and believing God for? Here's why I ask those questions. Because how we answer them will tell us whether or not we have a target that we're aiming at. Or if we're just living pointless and just going along and trying to make sense of what's around us. You see, there are some people who allow their faith to lead them. And then there are other people who just drag their faith along. There's some people that allow their faith to set the target and set the, set the order and set the purpose. Their faith is at a place. Let me ask you today. Your arrow, your walk with Christ, is it what is ahead of you and leading you or is it just what you bring along with you everywhere you go? Well, I brought my faith with me. It goes along with me. It goes to places, but not. that's great. That's a starting point. It's good for you to start by bringing your faith, but in order for you to grow and hit the target, at some point your faith has to be what leads you. 
Your faith has to be what you're standing on. Your faith has to be what is ahead of you, what is guiding you, what is directing your thoughts, what is directing your actions, what is directing the way you, you, way you respond, the things that you do, that according to God's word, God let us be like Mary, that when Gabriel said to her, you will receive a child, and she says, I don't even know how that's gonna happen. I'm a virgin. I've not, I don't, there's no way that can even work. But here's what she says. She says, I don't know how it's gonna happen, but all I know is this, let it be unto me according to your word by your word according to your word I don't know how you're going to do it but by faith in your word I'm letting your word be the guide that drives me I'm not letting my faith just be what I bring along and then whenever this isn't hitting target target doesn't work this way that whenever you see the target and say oh there it is no how many know that in order to hit the target effectively you're standing from a distance and you're shooting beyond a place that you've not walked into yet right Faith doesn't hit the target because you showed up and now all of a sudden you put it there. Faith happens because from a distance, before you could even see it clearly, before you even knew, from a distance you stood and you released in faith. That's what makes the target because in fact, I've got to use all the pressure I've got in order for this to penetrate and in order for this to work, it takes a lot of work on me. In fact... This is a stupid target. It's not working. <laughs> I'm glad you're laughing because it's sometimes how we do life. We get up to it and we try to manipulate it and make it work. And notice it takes a lot of work on me. I've got to do it. But if I stand from a distance and I allow, listen, if I'm the arrow, whose hands am I in? I allow God by faith. I trust God. How many know that when, he, when the archer releases the arrow, it doesn't have any problem penetrating this cardboard? How many are following me this morning? But we live our lives coming up and saying, oh yeah, that's the target. That's where I'm going to put that. I might hurt myself. I'm not going to do this. <laughs> Let me ask you. Are you manipulating the arrow and trying to or are you living by faith that leads you? Let me just give you this real quickly because I know we've got to close and I want to give you three things this morning that if we're going to live our lives on target, here they are. Number one, if we're going to live our lives on target, making the most of this, we've got to ready our release. Here, here's, here's what I mean by that. We've got to ready our release that before we can accomplish and hit the target that God has, there needs to be a readiness. Notice he says, I am in the hands or in the, in the shadows of his hands, right? You and I look at this and we see oftentimes, and, and it does say, you know, that we're a sharpened arrow in his quiver, in the, the quiver, and that, of course, the pouch that they would keep it in. It's sharpened, it's ready. Let me ask you, have you been sharpened? And notice, in order for something to be sharpened, you've got to be pressed against something that causes an abrasion. In order to be sharpened, you've got to go against something that you don't like. You've got to go through a process we talked earlier about the process of what's going. He says you become a sharpened arrow in the quiver. But notice the ready warrior doesn't run with the arrow in his quiver. The ready warrior runs with the arrow in his hand. When I looked at this and when it says that I am held in the shadow of his hands, 
What he's saying, what, what, what Isaiah is speaking is he says, I am ready. I'm already out of the sheath. I'm, I'm already out of the quiver. I'm in his hands. I am at ready. I'm ready at any moment. Like Paul tells us to be ready in season or out of season. I'm ready at that moment. When the, when the archer would go into battle and a warrior who learned how to master the archer, who learned how to master the bow and arrow, when they would run, they ran with the arrow in hand of their, of their bow and arrow. They would have them in front of them and that they would literally have it in such a way that they were able to quickly bring and release they didn't pull it from the quiver they had it in hand ready it was already in hand i want to ask you today are you in hand ready are you waiting for opportunity to come to you are you waiting for opportunity to come to you or have you become sharpened and ready and ready for any opportunity that might be in front of you because if you wait for opportunity to get on your front door you might miss what's on the out what's right up front i mean ask any hunter what are you doing well i'm sitting here waiting for the deer to come well, they're all right over there. Well, I'm waiting for it to come to my door. Probably not much of a hunter. But when you begin to see off in the distance, when you begin to see in a place, I, I, these guys show me videos, these hunts that they do, and they're like, they zoom in and out of these hunts and things. I'm like, how in the world do you even see that there's, a, there's, a, there's an elk that far away? I'm thinking, you know, that's just, uh, what we all of a sudden get help from NASA. We're doing hunting now. I mean, hey, NASA, satellite, come down. And I'm, it's amazing the stuff that they can see from a distance and the things that, that, there, that there are. Why? Because there's a readiness. It's not waiting. Well, <laughs> I shot that thing 10 yards away. Woo! <laughs> How many know that if you're going to be effective, you're probably going to have to be at a distance? You're going to have to be ready. You're going to have to be alert. You're going to have to be ready. I have young people, all, being a youth pastor, I'd have so many come to me and say, Pastor Jason, I feel called into ministry. And this is always my first words to them. And some of you are sitting here and you've heard me say it. And you know what I'm about ready to say because some of you have come to me and said, I feel called to ministry. And here's my words to them. Start now. But I'm only in high school. Start now. God called me to be a preacher. Start now. But I didn't go to Bible college yet. Start now. Bible college isn't going to put a heart of God inside of you. Bible college isn't going, to, it can help and it will do stuff, but you've got to seek God. It's what you put, you start now. And listen, if you believe that God has put something in your heart and you hold off on it, it's not going to work. You've got to start now. You have someone that you need to forgive. Start now. Here's why, because here's the first thing, we need to come to a place and we ready our release. Number two, we need to resist the resist the restraint here's what it is this bow and arrow when it's in hand how many know in order for it to be positioned properly it's got to be pulled against something that's tense and wants it to be kept kept away you come try pull that thing i found out later i said to marty i said well the one on the video we did was easier he said pj that was a girl's bow (laughs) yeah thank you very much When you pull that, you're pulling against something. How many know in order for me to be in the right position, I've got to pull against what I feel sometimes? Have you ever noticed that? I've even noticed in my prayer life. Yeah, I've been serving Jesus since I was seven years old. My testimony is this. I've never fallen off the track. Yes, I've tripped along the way, but God in his grace has kept me from the time I was seven years old and I've done nothing but love Jesus and do my best to pursue Jesus with all my life, with all my heart. That's my testimony. And it's my testimony. It's not better than yours. It's not worse than yours. It's the testimony that God has given me. And in my life, I've learned this even in my prayer life. (laughs) Waking up in the mornings. There are some mornings I'm ready. Jesus, let's go have time together. Let's just. And there are other mornings. It's like, oh God, I could sleep a little longer. 
How many know that you've always got to pull against whatever wants to restrain you? You've always got to pull against what, what wants to restrain you. And if you're going to live on target, you've got to learn how to pull against what, what is restraining you. Whatever it is that tells you, here's what I've learned in life. Whenever I feel like doing something, I should usually do the opposite thing. I had to practice it last night. I'm sitting there watching the Pirates game, and, and as I'm watching the Pirates game, I'm thinking, man, there's leftovers in the fridge. I could eat right now. Well, if I feel like doing that, how many know that's probably what I shouldn't do? Because I'm trying to train myself and learn and come to a place of what is it that you need to resist? The Bible says resist the devil and he will flee. That in place, if you're going to be ready, if you're going to be on target, let me give you the last one here. The last one is reach a greater realm. Notice what he says. He says that you will do more. You will do more. Notice Israel, and I'm going to ask the worship team to come quietly and help us close I'll be done in five minutes. Give me five minutes. Everybody okay with five minutes? Can I get 10? Anybody got 10? 10? Can I get 15? 15. Oh, I'm going to close. I'm going to bring this to a quick close. So it's kind of like that roller coaster when it comes to the end. All of a sudden they hit the brakes. You're like, wham. It's going to be like that. So get ready. Don't hurt anybody. Israel scattered. They're all over the place. And you know what they want? We just want to come back home. We just want everybody to come back home. And how many would agree that was a valiant prayer? That was even in the heart of God. That's what God wanted. That's what God wanted. Let me put it in this perspective for you. You say to God today, you say, God, I want my marriage to be restored. I just want things to come back home. God, I want my health. I want things to be restored. I want things to be restored and made right and God would say this to you you say to God God I want things to be right at home and God says you'll do more than that be careful that we don't say to God that here's the target and all the while God is saying no that's that's your natural earthly target but I've got a bigger target than that I want things to be good at home but God says no I've got something bigger there's no surprise to you I'm a Pirates fan it's been my National League team since I grew up in Central PA and became my number one team the moment I moved to Western Pennsylvania it's always been a team that I've enjoyed but I'm a Pirates fan I was a part of the 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 cheering whenever you know going through well we can't take another losing season all of a sudden we might get above 500 and then we do and I've watched that happen I've become a Pirates fan more and more I enjoy pirates. It's a hobby. It's something that I do. But I watched last night as was uh, hanging out, had the TV on, and sometimes just the game's on in the background. And all of a sudden, they're honoring the 1960 pirates. And I watched, and I, I had to stop there, and I'm standing there just watching. I'm seeing these, these gentlemen that are, that are well in, in their probably 80s or so, some of them. And, and they're standing there, and they're being applauded because 55 years ago, they won the World Series. And then the camera goes to the dugout and there is Andrew McCutcheon and the other mo- the, the current player standing there clapping and applauding the 1960 World Series. And as I'm watching this happen, I'm looking at the men on the field with a sense of pride and that's good. But then the men who are in the dugout and I'm noticing and you can just feel it. It's like, that's great, but we want to do it too. 
What good is it if we just applaud what happened 55 years ago? We want to do it too. That was a target then, but we got a bigger target now. But can I tell you, a couple Thursdays ago, some of you were there, and I watched this target get even bigger. Because we went on faith night to PNC Park. And as we sat at the end of the game, went to the lower section, and we sat there to hear the players give their testimony. And I thought, well, I don't know what they might say. It might, faith to some people is just general. (laughs) It wasn't. It was Jesus all over the place. Clint Hurdle gets up and he gives about a 10 to 15 minute sermon. And he begins to speak and he says about what we do on the field is nothing to compare to what we do in our homes. That we want to be men that play well on the field, but before that we need to be men. And he looks and he says, all of us that are here, he says, God has given us on this field an opportunity to display his glory. But look at this in the whole lower section from, from the, from the uh, right field to the, on the other side of the Pirates dugout was completely full on the lower level of people there to hear their testimony. And Clint Hurdle says this. He says, and look at all of that that are here. We have the opportunity to shine our light for Jesus and to see Pittsburgh change by the love of God. I looked at that and I said, his target's a lot bigger than just winning. His target's a lot bigger than just getting a ring. His target is we want to see people won for Jesus. We want to see people know the love of Jesus Christ. Let me ask you, you've had your target. God, we want everything to come back home. And God says, I want to do more. I want to do more. God, I want my marriage to be good. I'm going to try this one more time. Jody, would you? No, I'm just kidding. Listen. Please don't clap. Please. Please. Please don't. I, I I I want everything to go well. You might even be here today. You say, well, I'm coming to church. I just need God to fix this problem. You might be looking at your problem the wrong way. You might be looking at your problem as your inconvenience and forgot that it's it's his opportunity. You might be looking today and you see this problem as your inconvenience. Oh, this arrow's in the way. Oh, so sorry is life for me. Oh. I didn't even drink soda yet this morning. Just wait till I... Might just be tired. That's what it is. I don't even know what I just said. Listen. You might be looking and you're calling this an inconvenience. Shame on us for forgetting worship because we call this an inconvenience. And God said that's not an inconvenience. That's about ready for me to show my glory. God wants to turn your inconvenience into His glory. What has been your inconvenience? Oh, it's been inconvenient for you to feel what you've been feeling, to go through what you've been going through, to face what you've been facing. And I could be a brother to you and say, oh, I'm sympathetic and I'm sorry and I come alongside, but I would not be a good brother to you if all I did was make you feel comforted in your problem. But instead I come along and say, come on, lift up your head. Come on, pull yourself together. Come on, declare the glory of the Lord. Don't let your inconvenience drag you to the ground. Let His glory build you to a place where you've never been before. Don't let this 
be what takes you down. Oh, you might say, but I don't have the guts for it. He'll make you brave. His word said, you will bring me glory. Oh, you will bring me glory. This hurts right now, but I'm going to bring glory out of you. This is an inconvenience to you, but I'm going to bring glory out of you. This isn't the way you saw it happening, but I'm going to bring glory out of you because i got to close my... Five minutes is up. But here's what it says in Ephesians chapter 3. Listen what it says. I need you to stand with me right now. Some of you just need to respond to this. And I want you to hear this as a prayer. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20 and 21. Now you only have verse 20 up there. But here's what I want you to hear. Listen what it says. Now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within me to accomplish infinitely more than we can ask or even think. I want you to declare that to the Lord this morning. To say all glory to God. Now glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within me to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think verse 21 it's not up there but listen to this glory to Jesus in the church and in through Christ Jesus let all glory be to him through all generations forever and forever here's what I've come to say I want my target my life to hit the target and all it is is I just want to bring him glory all glory be given to God that when that becomes my target he says this it won't fall short you won't fall short in any place and you might say today well I'm going to have to be brave to do that how many know He's the one who gives us that. How many would say today, I want to commit my life today to say, God, I don't want to just get close to the target. I I don't want to just say, oh God, make my home better. Oh God, make things better for me. I want to say to you today, God, do more. Do more than I can ever imagine. God, this inconvenience is an opportunity for you to get glory. How many would say that right now? Just raise your hand. You're going through an inconvenience. And you say, God, this, this inconvenience is your opportunity to get glory. So today... Thanks for listening. Tune in again next week.